everyone. Welcome to Hope Is Here podcast. This is Rhonda. This is episode number five titled, Don't Quit. You are significant. You know, each one of us have a purpose that was given to us before we were even birthed out of our mother's womb. We have a purpose and a calling on on our life. We have gifts that were given to us from God. And there's nothing that can take those gifts away from us. He says in Romans eleven twenty nine, the gifts and the calling you have, they're, they're irrevocable. God won't take them back. He won't reverse them. He won't change them. And Romans eight twenty eight says that he works all things for the good, for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. I love that. I love that God always uh, relates himself to things that are good. And I love that he has promised to walk through this journey of life with us, to watch us walk into our destiny and fulfill our purpose because he promises to always be with us. He's in us. He promises to never, never leave us. So it really doesn't um, depend, your, your, your passion, your, your calling, your purpose is not dependent on your upbringing, it's not dependent on your education, it's not dependent on your age, and it's not dependent on your financial status. The purpose that you have and the gifts that you are given and the calling on your life came from God. It's not dependent on all those other things. That's actually a a stress reliever, to be honest with you, to think that we don't have to strive Uh, to walk into that. I mean, striving on our own means that we're doing all the work. Uh, We're using our own intellect. We're using our own wisdom. Um, We're saying it's all because of us and we're pretty much getting glory that way. We don't want to do that anyway. We want to give God the glory for that. He's the one that gave it to us. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own intellect. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge God. And He will direct your path. There's a story in the Bible of Gideon in the book of Judges. Gideon felt very insignificant because of his his background, his upbringing, his financial status. He was uh, from the tribe of Manasseh. And his family, he said, was the poorest in the tribe. And he was the youngest in his family. So he pretty much admits that he is not the pick of the litter. (laughs) And so we find Gideon in the story here on the timeline where Israel is being oppressed by the Midianites. And they had been oppressed uh, for seven years by the Midianites. The Midianites had chased Israel into caves and into dens and everything that Israel tried to set her hand to, uh, seeds they tried to sow, um, that Midianites would just come up and, and devour everything, just destroy everything. So Israel became impoverished. This went on for seven years. And this is where the story uh, picks up with Gideon, where he's at the threshing floor and he's threshing wheat. Now, in order to be threshing wheat, you had to have sown some seed that the Midianites did not destroy. So I don't know how in the world he did that. The Bible doesn't tell us how he managed to do that, but he managed to find a way to plant some wheat and he's at the threshing floor. And now the threshing floor back in those days were usually out in the open, up on like a high uh, hilltop where a wind could actually separate the chaff and the wheat. 
uh, for the farmer. So then the, the shaft would blow away and the wheat would fall down at his feet and, and that's, that's how he, they threshed the wheat. Well, Gideon couldn't do that out in the open because if the Midianites found him, they would destroy everything. So he found um, this place down in the wine press where he could thresh his wheat. So we find Gideon down there threshing wheat, feeling very insignificant, <laughs> and God shows up and calls to Gideon. And he says, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. And I have chosen you to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Midianites. Now you can imagine what Gideon thought. I mean, me of all people, do you not know that my family is the poorest in the tribe of Manasseh and I am the youngest in my family? He's reminding God all of this and and, and God's reassuring Gideon, um, I, I know that about you, but I'm going to have you defeat this enemy to where it looks like you're just defeating one man because God says he's the one that's going to do it. God's going get to the, get the victory in this. And so he's choosing Gideon to be the vessel. So they dialogue back and forth and um, you know, Gideon brings him an offering and, and God confirms and reassures Gideon that he has in fact, called Gideon to be the vessel he's chosen to to save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And, and after this dialogue, it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and gave him courage and strength. So even though they've had this dialogue and, and Gideon feels kind of confident now um, that he doesn't have to worry about him doing this because God's going to do it, that God goes, goes ahead and, and, and puts his spirit on Gideon to supernaturally empower him with strength and with courage. I love that. I love that about God. Like sometimes we just need a supernatural surge from the throne room. You know, we just need God to, to give us some sort of supernatural awareness that, um, he has got this, he's in control. The times I feel this most is when I am feeling anxious, um, or afraid I can just, if I can get myself still enough to just pray and ask God for, um, to feel his presence, to feel his peace, I kid you not, as sure as I am recording this podcast, he shows up. I don't know how he does it. I can't tell you that. All I know is there is a peace that comes over me that no man or woman has ever been able to give to me. And it lasts. I mean, it is supernatural. It is beautiful. And so God does this at times. He, he gives supernatural boldness, courage, peace, strength, supernatural joy sometimes, or love. And so he does this for Gideon. And then after he does this, Gideon still kind of gets a little doubtful. And so he decides he's going to ask God for a sign. So he asks God, you know, would you, would you give, just, just give me a sign one more time for, you know, just to reassure that you're going to do what you said you were going to do. And God graciously shows up and, and gives him a sign. And then Gideon asks him again, could you, could you do it again? Could you give me another sign? And God graciously shows up and gives him another sign. I love this guy. You know, a lot of people, including myself, I, I, at times in my life I've been afraid to ask God for a sign or uh, for a confirmation of a direction I'm supposed to go. You know, maybe I feel led to do something different as my seasons change and you know, I'm a little afraid. So I, 
I think, well, I can't ask God for a sign because that just shows that I'm doubtful or fearful. Well, you know what? God already knows I'm doubtful and fearful. This isn't like a shock to him. And he tells me, he shows me, he says, Rhonda, I need you to come to me. I want you to know you can trust me. I want you to tell me you're afraid. I want you to tell me you're having some doubts. This is what relationship looks like. And he just reassures me he's a good dad. He's a good dad. And he wants to walk this out with me. He wants me to come to him and tell him, I'm a little afraid. I need a confirmation. Would you show me a a sign? Give me some sort of sign to confirm that I'm supposed to make this next move. So God does that for Gideon as well. And then after he has his signs, then again, once again, Gideon's feeling pretty confident about, about things. And God says, now Gideon, we got to have a little conversation. Um, you have too many men in your army. You have 32,000 men. And I'm, I'm thinking that if you win this battle, that Israel might want to actually take the credit uh, and give the credit to the army. And I don't want that to happen because I want Israel to know that Israel can trust me. I'm a good father. They don't have to rely on themselves, that they can trust me to deliver them. They can trust me to heal them. They can trust me to save them. And so in order for me to prove that to them, that they can trust me, I need to narrow your army down. So through a series of events, he gets 32,000 men narrowed down to just 300. Yep, you heard me right, 300. So once again, Gideon is shaking in his boots and a little, a little fearful. But this time, Gideon doesn't ask God for a sign. God just shows up. I love that. I just love that about the tenderness of God. I mean, he knows this had to be another shock to Gideon. So he says, Gideon, here's what I want you to do. The enemy was was camped out in this valley. The Midianites were camped out down in a valley. And he tells Gideon, at nighttime, I want you to walk down to the enemy camp. And when you stand outside one of the tents, you're going to hear this conversation. And when you hear this conversation, it's going to confirm to you and give you the confidence you need to be reassured that Israel will have the victory. And Gideon, if you're afraid to go by yourself, why don't you take your friend Pura with you? Again, I love, I love the father when, when he says this. So he says, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to you. You don't have to ask me for a sign. I'm actually going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you have another sign just to reassure you because I can tell 300 men, you know, is kind of get, getting you a little fearful. And even when you go down to the camp to get your reassurance, you can take a friend. I'm sending a friend with you. Sometimes God does that too. You know, he'll, he'll bring that friend to you who will send you a text or give you a call or send you an email or just be praying for you to encourage you, edify you, exhort you, build you up, walk a little bit of that journey out with you, trust the Lord with you. You know, God created family, not just for himself. He created family so we could have family, not just him as a heavenly father, but we could have each other as a family. And he loves that. He loves when, when we're able to come alongside of one another and build one another up. So um, that's just another way God, God encourages us and, and, 
and gives us that charge to stay with it. Don't quit. Don't quit. So Gideon hears the conversation in the enemy camp. He gets excited and reassured. He gets confident again and he runs back to his army and he says, okay, here's the battle plan. We're going to sneak down there at nighttime and all 300 of us are going to surround the enemy camp and we're going to hold a trumpet up in our right hand and we're going to hold a torch in our left hand and we're going to cover the torch with a clay pot. And when you all hear me shout, blow my trumpet, smash my clay pot and wave my flaming torch, I want you all to do the same. And so they did that. They snuck down at nighttime, surrounded the enemy camp, and here comes the shout. Here come all the 300 trumpets. Here come three, then 300 men smash their clay pots and then they're waving torches around. And the enemy is just flabbergasted. They just jump out of their tents. They don't know what to expect because the Midianites for seven years, you know, um, after oppressing the Israelites for seven years, it's like a walk in the park for them, you know, sleeping in their tent. They're like, yeah, we got this. They were sawn logs. They were snoring. They were in a deep sleep. And all of a sudden, all this just, just shook them up and they come running out of their tents and they start fleeing in all these different directions, terrified, no weapons with them. They all got defeated and the Lord gave the victory to Israel that night. I mean, that is pretty cool. I love the symbolism in what Gideon used too. In uh, the torch in his left hand that he had, he said it was going to be covered by a clay pot. And so how would it have a flame on it if it was covered by a clay pot? So I did some research on this story and it said that that, that torch would have had like a, a burning ember on the end of it. The clay pot would have covered it. And so when they smashed the clay pot and waved that torch, the wind would have caused the flame to ignite on the torch again. Kind of like if you have a bonfire and it starts to go out, you can blow on those burning embers and ignite a, uh, a flame again. And that's the beautiful picture of of the Holy Spirit within us, of God's power inside of us. You know, we are likened in the Bible to an earthen vessel, a clay jar. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 9, in the Passion Translation, it says that we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within us so that the extraordinary overflow of power will only be seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. And at times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. I love these verses. And so that picture of those clay pots being smashed and that torch just blowing in the in the air and the night air and that flame igniting and and the enemy to see that everybody all the all of the 300 men in Gideon's army that was like a picture of God as the one who's getting the victory we're just the earthen vessel so whatever challenge you may be facing in your course of life your direction your calling your purpose your gifts you know the passion that you have Whatever challenge that is, you must know that your heavenly father has you. He has you. He is walking this out with you. He has not left you. He knows you feel pressed and stressed 
He knows that, but he won't let you be crushed and broken and abandoned. He is with you and walking this out with you. So he wants to confirm things to you. He wants to supernaturally strengthen you. He wants to give you direction. He wants to bring the family around you. He wants to bring someone to you to encourage you and and build you up. These are the things he did for Gideon. Why would he not want to do it for you? He has given us all a purpose. You are so, so completely, completely significant to him. There are things on this earth that only you can do. There might be one person on this planet that will, that will need a word of encouragement or will need some help. And you will be that one to provide that for them. And had you not existed, had you not existed, it would either not be done or be done by somebody else. But God chose you. God chose you to fulfill that. I mean, what a beautiful honor and picture of relationship, of how much he adores you, how how much he thinks about you. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be hopeful that in this season, if you don't feel significant, beloved, you are very significant. Don't quit. Don't take the bait. Stay with it. Be okay with asking your Heavenly Father to help you, to give you supernatural strength or wisdom or direction, to give you a confirmation or a sign, and to send you a friend, someone who can encourage you and build you up. Beloved, He wants to do that. He wants to engage in relationship and in conversation and dialogue with you. So I'll leave you with this. Remember, lean not on your own understanding, but trust God. He'll direct your paths. You are extremely significant. God desires to use you to show the world who he is. That hope is found within you. It kind of takes the pressure off, honestly. And he's more than willing to confirm his direction or send you an encourager. Now remember, it has nothing to do with your, your background, education, uh, you're not too old, you're not too young, you know, don't, don't put it all on, on what your bank account says or what your schedule says. Just trust God. Just trust Him. That's all He's asking you to do. Just trust Him. Let Him show up in all of those areas of your life to show you that those things don't qualify your purpose and your calling. Only He does. He qualifies your purpose and your calling. So be blessed, be encouraged, don't quit because you are very significant. Hope is here.